Well, that favourite tune of the week, hopefully it's your favourite tune, it's definitely my favourite tune of the week, can only mean one thing. Yes, it's another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thank you once again for joining us, tuning in. My name is Roscoe, your host, and sitting virtually opposite the main man himself. Yes, it is the one and only... I cannot, I cannot introduce you and play that music, mate. It's uh, great. Rocket, how are you? Glad, glad to have you back two weeks in a row. It's called up two weeks in a row. It's good to have you here, mate. I, I think we're almost delivering on what we sort of spoke about in terms of, you know, content-wise. We've just got to try and get it to the, you know, under the hour because we digress a lot, unfortunately. Just to... Uh bring you in a little bit behind the curtains if you are listening and thank you from whatever part of Australia and around the world that you do listen from and we appreciate you all. Um, yeah, Rock and I do actually chat about what we're talking about and you know we have talked about structure, we have talked about length, we have talked about frequency and cadence and all of these wonderful terms that uh, if you listen to stuff on uh, how to do a podcast properly, you sometimes listen to and pretty much all of that we haven't really implemented at all. But as good you know, management types. We do talk about it and implement some of it, but uh, you know, two we weeks plan, in a row. We plan to fail. Well, no, two weeks in a row. We are we are implementing here, but with good reason, uh, Rocket, because you know we're here to talk about you know your specialties. This is you know your your show. This part, the Roscoe and Rocket uh, Emblazoned Podcast, we do rate very highly. Um, yeah, because it's PGA Tour, so you always and general tour chat from around the globe uh you're always uh pretty much well up to speed amongst the pair of us on that and uh, a little bit of golf golf architecture but importantly this week i think that we always like to add a little bit of spice and value when there is a course that's going to be featured that the people at home are going to be watching that one of us has actually experienced and this is one of those weeks when you my good man have experienced the delights of shadow creek in las vegas so we'll get to that in a minute so I uh, can't wait to hear, so just uh, this is a bit of a warning, if you want to grab a cup of tea, uh, press pause now, go and grab your cup of tea because Rocket could potentially unload a blow-by-blow, hole-by-hole experience of Shadow Tom Fazio's wonderful Shadow Creek environment. Blade of grass by blade of grass. So hit pause, go and get the cup of tea and come back. But uh, anyway, Rocket, it, you know, leading up to the Masters, it's still – the golf, we've got some events happening. We're enjoying it. You know, I'm staying up late in uh, lockdown. The circadian rhythms is way, way, way out of whack because, uh, you know, I've been watching the Scottish Open and then the BMW PGA and all of that sort of thing. If you had a whoop band, it'd be right off the charts. Oh, I'd fail on the whoop factor, don't worry. And uh, I don't have a whoop. I've got a, I've got a watch that tells me that I get about five hours sleep a night. And, but, but when I wake up, my heart's beating at about 42 beats a minute. So I think for an old fellow, that's all right. I can... That, that affords me the luxury of an extra chocolate biscuit sometimes, but um, Rocket, uh, what do we what do we come off? We've come off the um, the Shriners, and that was an interesting result. And one for the the Scots, you know, it was a good week for Scottish sport last week. Uh, Scotland snuck home in the football uh, against uh, I think it might have been Israel in a one nil penalty shootout. Now that's a big effort for Scotland, but then it was backed up in an even bigger way by Scotland's very own Martin Laird at the Shriners. Hey. He's won again at the Shriners, and there's a few people that actually picked him and made good money on it. And uh, so I probably should have. I know one podcast I listened to, and they picked him as a one and done. And uh, I should have jumped on, but I didn't. Which uh, podcast was that that picked Martin Laird and gave uh, gave that tip to the world that uh, you listened to? Uh, there was a shotgun start, but I don't know if they picked him specifically for this one, but picked him as a form player. At this point in time, just going, you know, he would be an out, outsider. Um, it's 
sometimes you just got to listen to those ones and just have a bit of a flutter and I didn't. I'm not sure if you're a golf uh, betting fluttering man. I'm certainly not. I'm I'm not a great gambler. I'm not a good better. Um, it's probably going to be the – I've won a bit on Brooksy. Oh, I'm sure you have. And I, I said in another podcast, uh, the Golf Rules Questions podcast, that it seems to be that if you want to get any sort of uh, endorsement out of podcasting and golf, you have to talk about betting and we've pretty much strayed away from that. But, you know, this is one time that you do want to talk about betting because good old Marty Laird, Scotland's very own, um, was at one stage 250 to 1 when Diane Knox, Ru- uh, Russell Knox's fabulous broadcasting uh, and talented sister, um, did jump on with uh, the Elk and then – broadcast her sort of tip to some other uh, dude and said that uh, she's tipping Martin Laird. And I sort of chuckled and scoffed and lo and behold, and, and she gave a, a very good account of why, you know, he's won there before. He's, he's won uh, there before, he's finished second there before, he has form and I think his form for the last month has actually been okay. Like it hasn't been spectacular, but he hasn't like sucked and her reasoning was really good and 250 to 1. 250 to 1. Imagine, I can't even count. Imagine if you had 100 bucks. I don't even know how much money that he's is. But a hack, right? He's like 87th in the world or something like that. So he's no Muppet. Well, he's just had, you know, he's 39 or so, 37 or something like that. You know, so he's later 30s in, in life and he's had that, uh, I think he's recovering from an injury uh, last year or early this year, which sort of held him back a little bit. But uh, I always, you know, I'm very happy, as you, as you guys know, when a, Scott's, a Scott wins and Martin Laird, who doesn't really do too much in the world of setting the golf world on light, but uh, it's great to see him win at uh, TPC Summerlin, which looked like it was an okay course. He won in that uh, second hole playoff and beat uh, beat a couple of... It used to be a 90-hole event. This is like the first event that Tiger won. Yep. When he turned pro, beat Davis Love in the playoff. And were you surprised that he won in the playoff? Who, Tiger? No, Martin. Oh, so, sorry. <laughs> Um, no, not really. Well, I didn't, there's so much on, uh, I didn't watch a lot of it. So I was sort of looking at it sort of post event. Um, it was a shame that didn't get to see Matty Wolf 61, like his back nine was electric. So I just got to see the highlights. He was on fire. And Martin Laird, you know, he had a bit of a couple of wobbly moments, but you know, he came through. Um, again, you know, Matt Wolf shows that the guy can light it up. Austin Cook is a, a young fella. On the up and up, so you know, reasonable event all around, but didn't pick them a fancy. Okay, and what about the BMW PGA? Did you get a little bit of that action? Did you watch that? Oh, I gave that a lot of action. Yeah, I went worth. I still, still struggle watching the 18th hole. That's not the same. Yeah, it was a great picture that you put up on the story there to show the difference. After I, uh, you know, my lack of course architecture intelligence and or depth of knowledge that uh, I don't have and you do. Um, to show us the difference between what was the 18th and what is the 18th now, can I can see you know it's sort of a little, little out of character for what Wentworth yeah. was. And this and this is an Ernie Els imp- implant. Like this is this is the, again you know the reason why there's so many guys that are professional golfers and they become architects and they've got no idea. Like look, right? You might look at that hole, but it's a it's a Harry Colt horse, like. That's the stuff that you actually try and preserve. Don't butcher it. It's just so it, just to try and calm my soul. I went and found some old clips of the old Suntory World Match Play from the from the eighties. Oh, some some fine matches there, and we talked about oh, that. Oh my talked goodness. about that. Yeah, it's um, when you when you mess with a Harry Colt course or any course of any 
you know, architectural significance, you know, it's sort of like grabbing a Mercedes-Benz 280SL from 1965 and, you know, lowering it and dropping fats on it. You, you just don't do it. It'd be like having, say, like an Enzo Ferrari, I don't know, hanging, hanging a bit of fluffy dice off the mirror. Doesn't the impulse yeah. already do that? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, Ross. <laughs> yeah, hanging some fluffy dice off it, I don't know, and then... I don't know, then putting a box of tissues in the back window or something. I don't know. <laughs> a couple of big speakers. Um, no, anyway, but it did uh, catch a few players out uh, when I was watching and, and one particular notable person at a quarter, I think maybe in round two, was uh, your probably lesser favourite golfer of in, of the American stature and I think was leading, and not sure if he still is, but uh, was leading the race to Dubai <laughs> and deservedly so rocket Patrick Reed. That, that uh, water trap ca- caught him out. I've, you know, look, as, as a, annoying as he is, he's actually good to watch. It's really hard to do it, but sometimes he's really good to watch play golf. And it's sometimes you've got to work really hard to block out just the, the other side of Patrick Reed. Because, you know, he, the dude can golf his ball. Um, and the fact that he's turned up over there and played – and he's done that a few times now. Yeah, you know, good on him. At least he's one of those guys that actually is willing to cross the ditch, um, and 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 perform. So if he was paid appearance fees or anything like that, he delivered. Well, the messaging that was coming out was that he was very keen to to win the race to Dubai, and he, and he's prepared to to do what it takes to um, you know, to win that. And well, he's a lifetime member of the European Tour. Yeah. Don't know how, but he is. Well, he should turn up as a statesman of that ilk. Yeah, exactly. Although, you know, for me, just um, for the whole week, I, I like I love the story anyway. But Tyrrell Hatton winning, and he won really well. Like he played really well in round three, and he played really well in round four. And you just certain moments where he's um, holding clutch putts, hitting clutch shots. Some of the shots he was hitting, he had it on a string. His short. <laughs> Short and I, and game. I like him too, and I like him too because he's got a bit of mongrel in, in him as well. I, I love when you see the players, the photos when they're there as, you know, wee ones, you know, his little five-year-old Tyrrell and, you know, the, no, then and now, you know, lifting the trophy. Uh, and he talked about it as well afterwards going, you know, this is an event that he wanted to win and he's wanted to win for such a long time since he was a kid and especially being at Wentworth um, and in the history and it was just great for him to just do the little thing with the European tour and, you know, the little music and the backdrop just for the contrasting between the two photos is just good, just good stuff. Yeah. I love it. I love his, it. And, his, and he's playing well. I think he's in the top 10 in the world now. He's, he's playing, playing very well. And his uh, short game, you know, was probably one of the signature things for his result um, that contributed towards it. You know, it was just sublime, you know, especially off those little tight, beautifully. You know, well, there were some holes. Uh, which hole was it? He, there was a hole that he bogeyed late. And his lead was cut to, I think it's 15. I think it's 15. He bogeyed four. I think he bogeyed 14 and it come up to 15. It's a bit of a tight driving hole. He stood up with a driver and he has just absolutely just jumped out of his shoes. It's like he was just so mad and he's just ripped it. Absolutely just smoked one down there. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love this guy. I love it. There's nothing better than getting up on the next hole, being angry and just, just making that little white pill hurt. Any other, uh, you know, takeaways from the BMW PJ at Wentworth, uh, Rocket Man? No, not really. 
it's just a good event. I just love watching Wentworth because it still just brings me back to just watching the world match play, which I wish they would do again, especially that event. It was just, you know, a bit of a reminiscing um, on a, just a great course. Oh, I wouldn't call it classic. It is. It's probably not as classic as what it used to be with all the tinkering and mucking around that people have done to that course to make it not what it used to be. But It was interesting to see, and once again, you know, my lack of knowledge of the layout at Wentworth, but to see some of those uh, views from the top down and when they highlighted the routing, when it's sort of, it's a big loop that goes through forest slash, imagine there's, you know, stately homes. What's well, 36 holes? Yeah. Because they've got an east course as well. Now, the east looks fairly close, you know, sort of, compacted more like a traditional golf course yeah. but the west sort of runs around this big loop there must be an estate yeah. or something in there but um yeah it just looks like it runs through the forest well i think i think it was designed it was built first and then land um property built around it yeah so it was like he's built it first and made sure he got the best land and routing and stuff possible before anything else so it wasn't like a you know if, if you get some of these estates and they're trying to sell golf as the the carrot it's like here's the estates here's your block of land and then go build it rather than build it on the best piece of land mm. and then build the houses around it which they would probably get a better outcome if they did it that way but yeah who am i to argue with developers now well, it's certainly very interesting when you when you see that and you should go and have a look if you didn't see the routing of uh wentworth west course one of the classic courses in the uk which uh, features every year as you said now before we move on to uh, the girls, the European Tour moves back to Scotland this week. It was back to the Fairmont at St Andrews. Now, um, it's, it's one of the newer courses, obviously. Uh, it's at the Fairmont. Why do you say rubbish course, uh, Rocket? It's, this is a, you know. Because if you go and have a, have a look at um, some of the reviews of the place, mm-hmm. you're no good. You're no good. Um, and, you know, designed by Sam Torrance, it's part of, the hotel thing, so I don't even know why it's there. No idea. And so, to call it St Andrews as well. Well, it's in St Andrews, Rocket. Yeah, but you can't call it like St Andrews in St Andrews. Like this has already been talked about. I heard this today, and this is again a shotgun start. Andy was having a meltdown on this topic, and he goes, "Imagine how many people are not they would see that and think." that they might actually be playing at St Andrews. Well, only the, you know, ones that aren't following it as closely as they should. There's no there's no deception there. It's, you know, the Fairmont St Andrews. St Andrews. Fairmont St Andrews in St Andrews. Come on. Well, is this a new event? Is this something that they've sort of fit into, you know, make this uh, European tour and this race to Dubai fit into having everyone stay within that sort of UK uh, land base and keep yeah, the bubble? Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think they David blamed this one. I don't know, just put something under a cup, shook it around, lifted it up, and here's an event. <laughs> oh, dear. Is, is, is the Dunhill Links going ahead? Do we know this? Do you know this? Uh, I can't see it on the schedule anywhere. Okay. Well, you can check that out while we talk about other stuff. But um, Scottish uh, Championship, I know uh, Wade Ormsby back up there. I saw I saw Wade uh, putting in his uh, hotel room, and he, he was commenting on the carpet running true in his hotel room. I was more interested in the putter that he was using, that Scotty Cameron, you know, Wade is probably one of the greatest Scotty Cameron nerds and collectors uh, that I've ever He's met. He's playing all right too in the last he few has. weeks. He has. You know, he, he, he missed a couple of cuts in uh, early doors, but he's back over there. He's left his... Family back in Australia, his new baby and, and whatever else, but he's back over there playing a lot, Wade. Uh, as you know, I had a, had a little hit with Wade, but you get talking to Wade Ormsby about Scotty Cameron's 
And, uh, you know, he's got a friend for life there because he just loves those things. He loves them. <laughs> Good field up there in Scotland. He's probably got a bag in the in the cupboard with 30 of them in there. Well, I don't know about that, but I know I know he's paid special attention to his Scotties when they are in the locker rooms now yeah, after uh, his experience in Perth. But less said about that, um, the better. He did get them back, some, or one, maybe at least one of them. Uh, good field up there. Uh, Way's playing with David Drysdale and Scott Jamison. Uh, shout out to Scott Jamison, our friend and your friend, not the Scott Jamison playing at the Scottish um, Championship, but Scott Jamison, the captain of Melbourne City FC. Happy birthday to Scotty. <laughs> Happy birthday to Jamo. Happy birthday, dear Jamo. Happy birthday, Jamo, Jamo. Uh, hip, hip, Jamo. hooray, hip, hip, hooray, and hip, hip, hooray. I'm, not, I'm sure I've got a bit of music or a bit of button here for that. Oh, no. Yeah. No, wrong music, Jammer. Anyway, happy birthday, Scott Jamison. But uh, Wade Ormsby is playing with his namesake, which uh, Scott and I have talked about previously. Scott Jamison, there you go. Good feel from Scotland. Stevie Gallagher, Connor Syme, Bobby McIntyre. A couple of new names from Scotland. Uh, Ewan Ferguson, another Ewan, spelt differently. Uh, Liam Johnson, all the Scottish names are all there. Mark Warren, he's not new. He's been around forever and a day. Richie Ramsey, Davy Law, winner at Vic, uh, the Vic Open a couple of years ago. And, uh, yeah, but no, not a bad feel. My... Uh, is my man um, is my man George Campillo playing? Did we see that? Don't know. Don't know if George Campillo's playing anyway. Not for another day. Now, the girls, the girls played uh, their tournament at one of your favourite courses. You're the architect. Yeah, on the min- no, it was really good. So, um, say young Kim, I've almost ran away with it. Really, she shot sixty three in the final round, and a lot of separation. So you had Inby Park finish second. I didn't get to watch a lot. Um, obviously, I think because I spent most of my nights watching uh, British PGA. <laughs> um, but what I did see, it was just really good to see the women playing a really good course and seeing the course played how it should be, you know, longer irons and stuff being hit into holes. Um, and you can see that the test is definitely a test because, you know, the difference between first and seventh is 13 shots. So, you know, there's a lot of separation in the field and... Um, Say and Kim just played really, really, really good golf. And then she also talked a lot about, and this is the Sayri Puck, um, we'll call it impact for the Korean girls. So she talked about her and the influence that she's had on on her career or inspiring her to pursue um, golf. South Korea has become a fair golf factory. Uh, It's quite amazing, really. It's just quite amazing. Well, there's not too many... uh Korean girls that you couldn't watch their swings all day long and just oh my uh, they're just they're just dominators. Yeah. They are just dominators they're, and fearless as well. Yep. The, they're, what I like from watching the Korean girls is how they handle the emotional side of golf. You know, being, yeah. you know, learning about that journey with, you know, Jamie on the Mental Mastery Golf podcast, but you know, not where we've talked about the Korean girls specifically, but just when you watch those guys and how they react to situations. The Korean girls are fabulous. Love watching them. Well done. Can't wait to see. Uh, where are the girls playing next? Do we know, Rocket? Uh, drive-on championship in Greensboro, Georgia. Okay. Drive-on. Anyway, it was great to see the girls uh, finish off their uh, tournament uh, at Aronomic. Uh, good course to, to watch. If you watched some of that, you have been privy to one of uh, yeah, Golf Architect's great courses in uh, the United States. Well, well and truly entrenched in, I believe, uh, a number of top 100 lists. So um, if you didn't yeah, check it out. Especially Pennsylvania, right? It's, like this, so it's just like 
that's the classic architecture, you know, playground. The real nub of what we wanted to talk about today and, you know, the upcoming PGA Tour event, and it's been interesting a couple of days for me because I've never had, uh, you know, so many people, you know, I'm talking about a small handful, but that's a lot for me, uh, reach out and say, looking forward to this weekend's PGA Tour, looking forward to Shadow Creek, looks amazing. Now, that was in concert with you posting a dozen or so pictures of you playing at Shadow Creek. Seems like yesterday. It was a you know six, five or six years ago. But you've actually uh, played at Shadow Creek, the home yep. of this week's CJ Cup. Used yep. to be usually played in Korea. This is the part of the PGA Tour where they played in um, in uh, in Asia. So CJ Cups at uh, Nine Bridges in Korea. CJ, big company, plenty of money, bring all the players there. It's a no-cut event. Off they go. And then they go to the Zozo Championships up in Japan uh, with Mr. Zozo host that. Mr. Zozo has a fabulous story of making suits and boxes and sending it out and you tailor it and send it back and it comes back a perfect suit size. Actually met Mr. Zozo uh, Rocket. Did I tell you that once? No. He was at Peninsula. Oh. Mr. Zo- Mr. Zozo, uh, I'm not sure if I've told this before, Mr. Zozo and his uh, entourage were on the practice fairway at Peninsula. They must have been staying down there or playing down there, probably playing down there, not staying, but uh, when the President's Cup was on, and I saw this entourage of uh, Japanese men on the the um, practice fairway, so I pulled the Nissan Navarro former podcast studio over, and with my best and most polite Japanese, I thought as a member, I would go over there and extend some courtesy and welcome them and use my best uh, Japanese language skills, which there are some, there's minimal, but there are some, and I thought they would appreciate that. Turns out that it was Mr. Zozo and his team of people. Unbelievable. So I met Mr. Zozo, uh, Rocket down at Peninsula, and he appreciated my uh, welcome in my best uh, Japanese, and uh, and I, you know, trotted off, and I was very happy with myself. But anyway, the Zozo is next week at Sherwood, but this week Shadow Creek. Let's talk about Shadow Creek. Wow. Well. It was the first U.S. golf trip that I'd done with one of my mates who's also a member at Peninsula and we were actually going over there for work and we had a, we spent months planning this, just trying to pick five, four or five courses a week before um, our work event just to try and sort of chill and relax and it was just us two. A few other people wanted to come along but we had certain rules, had to be a certain handicap. As he said, he goes, oh, I'm not spending 500 bucks to go look for someone else's golf ball. <laughs> uh, so we had a pretty awesome trip planned. We arrive in, he was already over there, so he was over there a week before me. So I arrive in San Francisco, he picks me up, and our first destination is down to Monterey. We play Spyglass. That's terrible. What a, what a, what a terrible way to sort of shake off some jet lag. Um, and that, that day and a half that we spent down there inspired us for the very next year. We spent the whole week in Monterey. That, that we'll save that one for another day. Um, then our next tournament, we drove up to San Francisco. We played Olympic. Oh, my God. This is so good. Then we, the neck, that afternoon we flew out to Las Vegas. Uh, we had an a off day just to sort of chill in, in Vegas. Then we drove up to um, Mesquite, um to play Wolf Creek. 
which is uh, another one that Jamie, so Jamie has played that one a few times. So Jamie and I talk about this one a bit. Uh, it's a very unique horse, basically just blasted out of the middle of nowhere um, and probably still the best hamburger joint on the planet, hands down, Peggy Sue's. Like, you cannot beat it. Like, I can still taste it right now. Um, and then the next day, and, and it was that afternoon, we were supposed to have our global kickoff and we're playing golf in the morning. <laughs> so we were cutting it fine and kind of didn't care. So to play Shadow Creek, uh, it, first of all, it used to be a private course built by uh, Sheldon Anderson, uh, whoever the, the big casino dude is out of, out of Vegas. It's an MGM, uh, it's an MGM uh, property now. Yeah, it is. So he built it himself, like as a private club um, and built by Tom Fazio. Uh, ended up selling it to MGM. I think he had a stake in MGM and turned it into, there's still elements of private, but purely tied to MGM. So the only way to get on it is to stay at MGM. And then pay, I think it's 500 bucks US to play. But the thing that comes with that is that they will pick you up in a limo from your hotel and take you to the course. That's so good. That's so good. I remember my mate goes, they're doing what? And he goes, are we paying for that? I went, uh-uh, it's part of the deal. And he goes, no way. He said, <laughs> so there's us standing outside uh, Signature Tower at MGM <laughs> with golf clubs at like 6 in the morning and we get picked up in a limo to get driven I think it's about 25 minutes north uh, to Shadow Creek. And then you you sort of drive through all this suburban area and you, you pull up and you sort of go down a little bit of this tree line. It's almost like these, I'm pretty sure this, the guys tried to go, you know, I'm going to try and crap my own version of like Augusta National in the desert. And you go down this little tree line sort of um, area and then then all of a sudden the, the clubhouse exposes itself and it's a little bit sort of Georgian style as well, a bit uh, old school. And then they greet you there. They kn- they know who you are as soon as you get there. Um, they take you in. They do like a little bit of an intro. Then they um, take you to the locker room and you're given a locker for the day. Um, I had Oscar De La Hoya's locker. That's a terrible thing to have. Um, and then you go back into the, to the clubhouse we just grabbed some breakfast in there and then they had um, the caddy come come in. Oh, no, we go out the practice screen and the caddy meets us and just starts saying, you know, we've got a pretty – there weren't many people on the course that day. I think there was going to be like 10 or 12 max. He goes, guys, there are not many people out there today. We can go whenever you want and whatever pace you want, however you want this day to happen. He said, "I'm just, it's all about your experience and whatever you want. Let's go do it. And we're like, how good is this going to be? And so then we went down the range. We hit some balls. We just took a heap of photos. Um, and it was just photograph central. And it's amazing to be at this course, which is in the middle of nowhere. And you see some of the photos. And I'll, I'll post some more um, after this because I took some photos of it where you've got a course that was built in the middle of nowhere. So what they did is actually dug down and actually a lot of the soil and dirt, they actually pushed it up um, and they created, it's an oasis 
And and it's funny, you go, you play the course, there's probably a couple holes where you realise that you're in the desert where you can kind of see some of the mountains in the background. And apart from that, the only thing that gives it away is the fact that it's 45 degrees and it's quite hum- it's quite dry heat. Um, so we're on a cart. We weren't walking. That's That would have been insane. And Caddy for the day, he was fantastic. And, yeah, it's just amazing this course even exists, like the things they must do with their water and just to turn it into this. They planted something like 40,000 trees. Um, and, yes, it's designed by Tom Fazio. Yes, it may not be this ultimate classic sort of course, but it was just really interesting start to finish and it was an experience, absolute experience. I loved it, absolutely loved it. It was an amazing day. And what didn't hurt is that I was on the back end of pretty good form, <laughs> pretty good form for the week. So, you know, there's plenty of, plenty of, there's some holes I forget, but there's others that I'll just never forget. Uh, I still got my scorecard, Shadow Creek, still got it here. I remember, you know, so I know what I shot. I look at it every now and then just to remember some of the holes. Um, my virtual background is 15, which apparently is Tiger Woods's favorite hole in that course. Um, I birdied that sucker. Um, yeah. When you're having played in the desert and seen what they do and what they're able to do in that land, and you know, obviously when money's no object, you can do whatever you want, and there's plenty of examples of that in the desert courses over there. They can get it really wrong. Yep. But this is something that if you look at it, and yes, it's manufactured and they've probably tried to augustize it and you can see, but it's not your, it doesn't look typical of something that's been highly manufactured. So whether that's a credit to Tom Fazio and what he was able to do, but a lot of the imagery, and if you just simply, you know, look at the Shadow Creek uh, website, you know, they've got a very good hole-by-hole picture, you know. As you say, it doesn't look like it's, stuck in the middle of the desert it's you know looks like it could be you know whatever part of you know the that's something you might find in michigan yeah yeah tree lined you know yeah. like cypressy trees and pine trees and it just yeah, yeah as, as as i said you know some of the that uh, mountain background you can see in a couple of holes but you know the creeks look somewhat natural the bunkering and the terrain it, it does look and what i like is uh, the path trees the path trees there are so underrated yeah so good all of them, all of them are spectacular. They got a cup. They got uh, one, one long, one, two mid. It's actually it's like two shorter ones, one mid size, and one long one, and they're just they're just really good. They're really good bar threes. Like they're ones where it's like if you play it right, you know, you give yourself a really good chance to make a birdie. But by jingoes, you could it's start fun. drawing snowmen if you if you hit in the wrong spot. Here's the one I've picked, uh, and I didn't actually read. They've got the holes, and go and look at it, as I said, uh, with quotes next to it from famous people. And the par three that stuck out for me just visually, and I didn't look at the quote, uh, it's the uh, par three of the eighth. So it plays between 162 and 200. Yeah. so Beautiful hole straight out through. You're basically hitting, I think it's about 160 metres or something like that, I think we're playing that day. And you, you kind of, it's carved out like they've carved it out into a, like a little bowl. You've got sort of dunes either side and you're hitting like just a little bit downhill and it's, 
I think bunker, there's a bunker front left, I think it is. Yep. And then just a really subtle green. The one thing is, well, the greens, they were really good. Um, there were some that were, we'll call it the defenders of the hole and others where they just had little subtle things in it. And it was just a really good, solid par three, which if you played it correctly, you could make a score. But if you were missing it either side... Got penalised. Well, it says it says here next to it. I love Shadow Creek since the first time I played it, and I've played it over a hundred times, but can't say that I've mastered it. Michael Jordan. Yeah, he's yeah. played there a fair bit. He probably plays there thirty six holes, and then goes out and spends half his night playing blackjack, smashing down some whiskies and cigars. Maybe he does, but he says he's played it over a hundred times and he hasn't mastered it. So I'm dare say he's going to be back. Uh, there's a couple of other holes that here look um, pretty good. The the 13th over the the water feature uh, looks pretty, yeah, pretty oh, neat. I'll, I'll tell you about that one in a sec. Well, tell us about the 13th rocket. Oh, that is a cracking long par three. So, um, reckon they'll they'll put the T markers way back for for the big do- for the big dogs. The day we played it, I think it was playing at. 200 meters uh and obviously with air there so i think i try to hit hit three iron and didn't hit it that great and the unfortunate thing is that there's a the pin was cut pin was cut right so people when they get to this one they'll see it and it's downhill big green got big bunker front right but you've got just next to it, you've got all this rock outcrop and a creek and stuff like that. So if you miss it short, there's a possibility of just um, ricocheting, ricocheting into the water. Absolutely. And but the thing with the green is that they've it's got this massive spine that runs right through the middle of it, and I was on the wrong side of it and had a wee three jiggle. On that one, so um, yeah, there's, there's, there's yeah this one really big spine that runs through the middle, and these all these other little slopes and tiers on each side of it. But the day that we played it, the pin was cut quite right, and yeah, it's, it was tough to go at it. I'm sure the big guys will be probably bringing it in a little bit higher than 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 rockets ball flight, but. It's a it's a an intimidating one. I reckon that'll be the Sunday pin, you know, front cut, sort of mid uh, front right, not front right, sort of that back middle right, tucked in behind the trap, near one of the spines. It's gonna be, it's it's, it's a cracker, absolute well, cracker. Any par three that plays between 180 and 230 meters is going to present a challenge, regardless of the fact that it's got water, uh, rocks to ricochet from, and elevated green, which is somewhat blind. Uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, hole, and it could be one of those uh, turning points in the tournament for many, should they come unstuck. I remember when we walked from 12 to that one, and we stood there, and we just looked at each other, going, "Oh my God, have a look at this hole." <laughs> Like we're just looking at each other, just going, all right, let's take some photos first before we have any carnage. <laughs> 15 looks like it's an interesting uh, hole as well. You know, a longer par four, 433 to 482 yards. It's rated out from the back. So, you know, 440-odd meters. A little bit of a burn slash creek slash stream 
running through from uh, left to right. Runs all the way up the left-hand side of the fairway and then just sort of cuts through and then weaves its way across the sort of little bit of the front and then to the right-hand side of the right-hand side of the hole. You can see it in my Zoom background, actually, 15. Oh, there you go. There? Yep, yep. See that ball? Yep. Yeah, that's mine. Oh, bomb, bomb, bomb town, boom town, rocket. 290-metre bomb. <laughs> I, sm- I smoked that sucker down there. Had 145 left, a little bit of a side hill line, nine iron, just ripped this cracking, just little little soft draw in there to about six feet, rolled it in for a bird. Very nice, Rocket, very nice. Now, what were the other uh, takeouts from uh, your time at Shadow? Did you uh, um, did you tip the caddy? I've got a podcast. I've got a podcast coming up with uh, Gordon from the Real Life Caddy uh, podcast. You'll find it if you've had a caddy overseas, especially at Pebble. Uh, you'll find it very interesting. He has a lot of funny stories about people uh, that he gets the caddy for tipping the caddies. Did you tip the caddy? Yes. Good. How much? I can't remember. I think it was like we. I think we dipped at least fifty in each. If you listen to the Real Life Caddy podcast, you, they have strategies for what they say to people to try and extract uh, the maximum tip. It was quite, it's actually quite funny to learn. So I thought you might have, you know, been. No, he was good. He was good. He was really good. I think um, we didn't have one at Wall. We had our own Olympic. Actually, the guys we had at Spyglass were really good too. Could have been one of Gordon's mates because he's over that way. So yeah, there you go. Now, in terms of the field uh, this week at the CJ, <laughs> he's back. Your boy's back. Yes. What do you think he's been doing? Rehabbing. Get yeah. ready. Yeah. Get ready to take over the world again. Is his rehab? You know, is he is he going to be in fine enough fettle? Is he going? Is he been secretly blasting some balls in his backyard rocket net or anything like that? Hopefully, he actually has been sort of practicing. You know, he's had a bit of time off, so hopefully, his knee's all right. And I think it was his knee, ankle, and he did some stuff in the groin during the PGA. So um, I'm assuming he's 100% or as good to 100% as you can going to get. So I would expect there might be some rust. So expectation is probably, you know, a normal jovial self would be, you know, Brooks is going to win it. But if he just hits the ball well and sort of contends, so to speak, you know, and – Looks like there's building up some form. That's all we need. Got the Masters in a few weeks. Maybe. So he's getting some he's getting some mileage under his belt at best in preparation for that. But uh, you wouldn't be expecting him to win. Not in this field. It's a good field. Yeah, no cut event. <laughs> so you've got all the top players. So it's just, you know, they're, they're going to rock up and take their, their wheelbarrow of cash home. Well, there's a handful of... Uh, or, or blow it on the tables. Maybe. Korea's best, uh, because it's the Korean company and they brought the event to America this year rather than in Korea, the Korean uh, field is quite strong. So they've got the top uh, Asian tour player and then a handful of up-and-coming Korean players uh, will play here. So there'll be some names in there that you may not be as familiar with, but as you said, all of the big names are there. Colin is there. Kevin Na is there. Oh, the mattress... uh, the Mattress King's there. That's your job to say the Mattress King, but Louis playing. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to roll down through the tee times, actually, to see some of the groups. Um, who we got there? We've got Cam Smith playing with Connors and Pultz. Uh, Leash 
Landry and Spieth. It was an interesting one. How'd Landry, Landry get into that group? Taylor Horschel, Fleetwood, Brendan Todd, Jason Day, the Mattress King, Louis Oost Ozen, John Rahm, Tyrrell, and Matt Wolf. Actually, that'd be a good pairing, actually. Good group to watch there. Yeah. And we've got Sergio, Rory, and uh, Siwu. Oh, Benny Lee got a start. It'd be Shelton, Ben Arm, Abe Answer, some dude, Kim. Don't know. That must be one of those other ones. Jason Kokrak. How does Jason Kokrak get a start in this thing? I have no idea. Jeez. COVID having a real impact over there with fields. Well, speaking, of, speaking of COVID having an impact, there's one notable, oh, notable withdrawal, and that's your man, uh, DJ. DJ. What a shame. He's going to have to go and isolate at home with Paula. Paulina. Well, he'll be putting on his perfect practice putting mat, as I have been. <laughs> That's not an endorsement. I paid for mine, and it sits behind me there, and it's one of the best things I've ever used. Perfect practice putting mat. You can check it out on my Instagram. Oh, um, actually, here's, here's another group. Colin Morikow, Victor Hovland, and Xander Chauflet. Future super group. Yeah. JT, Sung Im, and Brooks. Actually, that's a good group. I like that one. And... Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Well, well, it's a great field. It's pretty much the best of the Americans. It's the best from the other side of the uh, the ditch, the best in Europe, and certainly our best players outside of Adam. Adam's not playing. It doesn't appear. No, Bryson's not playing. I can't see Bryson. Yeah, why is Bryson not playing? Probably because it's got Bermuda rough. Oh, there you go. Doesn't like the Bermuda. No, because you, you can't Bryson and gouge it. Okay. The, the Bermuda rough, like, um, I'd ne- I, you know how it's one of those things, right? You you watch all these tour events and stuff like that. You know, you've heard me talk about grain. So playing pebble and finding yep. out what grain, actually, you know, actually seeing it because you see these shows and then um, you hear them talk about on telecasts. Same thing with Bermuda rough. You hear all these stories about Bermuda rough and I'm like, eh, can't be that bad. The sixth hole, I think it was the sixth. Par four, long par four. Um, and I'll just check my scorecard. I made bogey on that sucker. Hold it. Yep, sixth. Pulled it left in the rough. I had 100 and 160 metres. You'd think 160 metres, bit of rough. Might be able to have a go at it. Nope. I had to get my lob wedge out and hit a really good shot to get it to the fairway. Like, it, it's, it's like... I don't even know how to describe it. It's like it's it's like a um, one of those Venus flytraps. It's swallowed my golf ball. Like the like the Bermuda rough is ridiculous. It's so unpredictable because you don't the ball either goes to the bottom, goes middle of the height, and it's really just wiry and just ah, really hard to hit out of. Like chip shots, it was very very hard to hit out of. But there's no way if they were, if Bryson was playing and he was doing his bomb and gouge. He would not be bombing and gouging like he did at Wingfoot. He would be bombing and chipping sideways. So then, who are you tipping? Oh, I know I've been on the Colin a lot, but he's been a bit out of form. Uh, Mr. Fleetwood's been thereabouts. I stay thereabouts a lot. Um, maybe it's the Wolfman. The, the Wolfman. Wolfman. The Wolfman. Oh, there you go. Don't even need one of your little pressy buttons for that. Well, keep that going because I'm going with the other Wolfman from the other uh, side of the ditch, and that's uh, Tommy. 
Tommy Fleetwood. It's a wolf, <laughs> well, the wolf man hair, you know, like, you know. It's more like a wool, wool man, <laughs> soft lanolin wool. Uh, he's still got one of the greatest hairstyles in the game. Uh, in this picture he here. He's been playing well. This picture here, he's pictured here in, uh, that I'm looking at next to Ricky, and Ricky's got the, the new style with the Mo. He's just the yeah, sponsor's ambassador's delight, is the old Ricky, just ever, ever glowing. Actually, it'd be, it'd be, that's Ricky's first tournament for a while, so it'd be interesting to see if he's put some more put some more um, hours into the dirt and see how his swing changes come along, actually. Yeah, well, good luck to Ricky, but uh, I'm going with Tommy. I reckon Tommy is is due. He's been close thereabouts. Just his putting letting him down, but he's not one to let his putting go. It might be the greens because I don't reckon – because the thing is they won't – actually, I'll be – actually, this will be really interesting because it's so hot there. Um, it's I don't know how fast they'll have them running because it's not like one of those things where you could sort of just really shave them down. I'm trying to think, are they bent? I think they were bent. I think they were bent greens there. Um, I better double check. So the greens that they might not run as fast, so it might might work in in Tommy's favour. Yeah. Oh, the other interesting thing, and I'll be interested to see if they actually point this out. So each green. I got to the first time and I'm like, why does it sound like there's a jet engine here? They have these monster, monster fans on each, uh, sort of almost like hidden. They do such a good job of hiding some of these things. And the and these fans are on to, to blow air over the green to make sure that they're, um, they don't cook. Yeah, right. So it's not sub-air like they had at Wentworth going and you could hear those fans at Wentworth that's, Whatever big the opposite. Fan, big fan. This is stuff they probably did. Um, I don't know if it's specific for there because I, I didn't see it at many other, uh, any, I haven't seen any other courses, but it's purely for there to move air across the greens. They've got these monster fans that are just very well hidden. Like you, 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 if I showed you all my photos, you, you would not see the fan unless I actually pointed it out. Yeah, right. They do such a good job of hiding it. But it's there in plain sight, um, and yeah, that's the purpose is to is to move, have air movement across the top of the green because it's so hot hot there. Keep the heat off. You know what I'm perplexed about after this little stanza of conversation, Rocket? That you can remember you had three putted on fifteen and all these other shots, but you can't remember that it's bent. No, that's I know that's bad, isn't it? Better. That's not a criticism. I just I'm more blown away that you remember you three putted on fifteen six years ago. I know it's a significant round. Yeah, I can't tell. I have to do it. I think it is bent. I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty sure it's bent. But it's definitely Bermuda, rough, and fairways. How much are you having on uh, on you guys? Let's have a fictitious bet. Nothing. Nothing. 10 bucks? Yeah. Right. Okay, we'll keep a tally. Yeah, I'll have 20 on Tommy. No. Right. So we'll, we'll pick the odds and we'll see who wins. We won't have the bet, but uh, we'll see who wins. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is. I'm actually really looking forward to this, and and I don't know if they're going to have many crowds, but it's one of those things where I just wish, I just wish the the broadcasters would just. I know it's hard for them, but just take a risk and show camera angles, not just from straight behind, but from side on to get some views because you know this course, yeah, it's awesome. The unfortunate thing is that you're going, we're going to get flogged to death with. Oh, this horse! This is this was built in the middle of nowhere. This is what it used to look like, and I don't know. They'll have some 
drone or blimp shots of Las Vegas and they'll have bad puns about betting. I don't know. Rolling the dice. How many times will that get mentioned? I don't know. But ignore all that and just enjoy. Uh, I think it's an amazing course. Not an architectural great, but just from pure experience it's and just aesthetics, it's going to be awesome. Awesome. Very good. Thank you once again for tuning in. If you like what Rocket's doing, let him know. Drop him a note. You can contact Rocket through his Instagram, uh, his, his growing Instagram profile. He's posting lots of stories. You can follow him at Infosec Rocket, but um, you can follow him over there and he'll post all of his stuff that you can uh, jump along with. Leave us a review. Subscribe. What I've learned is what really helps with the podcast is if you subscribe. We would appreciate that and that would be a very much a sign of uh, your support of Rocket and the Roscoe episodes and we would appreciate that. But uh, we do appreciate you listening from whatever part of the globe, country or province or state that you're in. And until next time we meet on the, the Roscoe and Rocket My Love of Golf segments, we appreciate it and thanks for listening.